Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire Podcast and the Mindset Matters Edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey, and are you still clear on your intended destination, or has it changed? Join us for this in our series of Mindset Matters. Listen in, enjoy. Stephanie, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire podcast, Mindset Matters. Hi, hun. So, holy cow, have I ever got a big topic for us today? Well, you know, this is something that we've been wanting to talk about for a long time, but I don't know if we really fully had the context or, you know, just the experience to really dig in, do a deep, a deep dive into this topic. Exactly. So, and we weren't, didn't have the awareness. So what brought this up, folks, is uh, recently Dr. Chris Martinson, who I'm a big um, fan of, came up and he was talking about this some time ago. And it was really related to an article that was written by a guy by the name of Peter Sandman. And I think he's Dr. Peter Sandman. I think so. Yeah. So the point of it is this, is that part of why we even came to creating this podcast called Mindset Matters and was understanding that with what was going on in the past two and a half years with the pandemic and COVID and what it really created in people's lives, the divisiveness, the polarity, the pivoting, the need to change, the need to shift. I mean, it, it really was and has been pretty epic in the backgrounds for those of you who are paying attention to it. And maybe, and likely you've experienced it. We ourselves have, you know, we know many people who have gone through relational uh, splits. And I mean, right down to the extreme of being divorced, families going the other way. That's on the negative side of it. Business being shut down. Businesses being shut down. And that's all the negative side of it. And this is what led to this actual conversation because on the other side of it, it's been people very accepting, realizing that this just is what it is. And, you know, there's those that are, let's say, for example, vax, anti-vax. And then there's those that are going, I don't give a shit. You know, I, I really don't care. Yeah. It doesn't affect my mm -hmm. life at all. You do you and I'm going to do me. And that's it. So this all came back to this, and this is an important part of mindset and understanding. So we've often shared that awareness is a critical component of mindset, you know, within our shift program, when we're coaching clients, we're talking about always, you know, in self-discovery, it is the awareness. And this particular topic today, folks, is all about next level awareness. And so without, you know, kind of not leading you into anything else, the topic today is called adjustment reaction. Adjustment reactions. These are coachable moments, teachable moments that come up under crisis. So it, I think the frame that they use is crisis communication. Okay. So what I did was I made a note and I'm going to, what I'm going to do here is that Peter Sadman wrote this article. It's very, very good. You could actually, if you wanted to Google it, you can, and you can find it. And it really spoke to us in a number of different ways because we 
I guess we just, I don't want to say naturally, but we've evolved, we've trained over the years and we find ourselves often in this particular state of mind, if you will. It's how we view the world. Which is about resiliency and, you know, going through and, and understanding where we are in the, in the series of life when a crisis can hit. Okay. So let's give it, I'm going to give it a definition and it's hard to find a definition for adjustment reaction, believe it or not. There's lots about adjustment disorder and this isn't about adjustment disorder. This is about adjustment reaction, which is as Peter Salmon put it, it's the pretext, if you will, or it's the line that you don't cross to go to an, to an adjustment disorder. So let me give you a context for it. So uh, in a definition, it's when people first learn about a new risk, they go through a temporary overreaction that is natural, healthy, and useful. Psychiatrists call this the adjustment reaction. Having a reaction is virtually a prerequisite to crisis preparedness. Okay, so follow that thought, okay? So in this particular conversation today, we're going to outline the characteristics of the adjustment reaction. And so... Really, it's about advising that crisis communication is the guide that we need to go through, but it's a pre-crisis or early early crisis adjustment reaction rather than trying to persuade people to skip the essential step toward being ready to cope. Holy cow, I don't wow, even know if I can follow. I know, that's a lot of words. <laughs> Here's the thing about it. We look at what happened. Let's use COVID because it's fresh in everybody's mind. It's a big topic. It's right out in front of you. Okay, and, and I'm going to use some other examples that I have. COVID comes along. We don't have all the information. All we know is that TVs are lighting up. Internet is lighting up. Wear a mask. Stay at home. We've got COVID. We've got this pandemic. Millions of people are going to fall over dead. And it's spreading. And it's China's fault. And we have all of these things that happen. We really don't know what it means. So we have a reaction to that. But we think it's a crisis. We hear it as a crisis. We hear it as a crisis. So then what do we do? How do we handle that? Now, some people are really equipped to handle it. Some people kind of freak out about it. Others kind of go, let me just get a little bit more information. I'm not buying all this. And so there's different levels of how people respond. So that's part of the reaction. And, and if you stay with us here, this is a really good, I'm going to actually go through the article very uh, in detail because it's, it's number one, it's not terribly long, but it is so valuable in terms of what it will shift in terms of how you view crisis in our world, because we've got crisis happening all the time. So imagine, you know, we've got COVID, now we don't have COVID, or we do, but maybe we don't, we're not sure. Now we have a food shortage, possibly, but we don't know yet. That's mostly in the US, yeah, not going to happen. Chain. Won't happen, happen in Canada, won't happen in Canada. We got Russia, Ukraine war, we got the potential of China going into Taiwan, we've got a housing meltdown, maybe. We've got a recession, maybe. So we've got all of these things that are happening, lots of confusion, lots of uncertainty, certainty, lots of fear. Now, here's the thing around all of this is we are all going through, whether we're aware of it or not, an adjustment reaction. We are prepared one way or the other. Now, unless you're totally oblivious to what's going on in the world, and many are, it's just that, okay, no, the government's got this. That could be one view of the world, right? That's frightening. <laughs> Especially in our case, the <laughs> government. Yeah, okay. Don't get me started. Don't get me started. Okay, so let's keep going through this. So when someone first learns about a new and potentially serious risk, the natural and healthy and useful reaction is, in sense, in a sense, an overreaction. Got it? 
So we look at what happened when we first heard the news, the world's going to die and, you know, lock down, wear a mask, all of the things that Stay go with home, it. Stay home, save grandma. All of the rest of it. It is, it was, let's face it, in hindsight, it was an overreaction. Now, some may not consider that, by the way, if you're one of the elderly, if you're one of those individuals that lost a family member, maybe you got COVID and it was one of these severe things that impacted you. But at the end of the day, it, we have a reaction. So generally, what happens? Now, as we go through the process, here it is. First off, you pause. So you look and you wait to see what's going to happen. That is not always the case, though. Many people bite on a crisis and they go to the overreaction. But in this particular conversation, what we want to break down is what the reaction, the um, adjustment reaction in a healthy way is. Okay, so let's go, but let's go through this. Yes, you're right. But let's just go through the process, okay? So there's, I'm gonna go through about four or five process points and then the eight or nine characteristics of how we deal with it, okay? So we pause. Well, we wait to see what's going to happen and you may actually stop doing things that suddenly feel dangerous. So based on what the information they gave us originally, everybody's going, okay, don't come near me. I'm not going outside. I got to wash my counters. I'm going to wash my food. I mean, there was a real... A huge overreaction. A real, yeah. Like okay. You can't, right? Yeah. So the example in this is that, you know, after 9-11, some people... So 9-11, when they hit the towers, some people quit flying for a while or they stayed away from skyscrapers because what the heck, right? And and at that same time, if you remember, there was things like anthrax attacks and some people hesitated to open meal oh or my gosh. to mail. Right? Funny story. So I'm on an airplane and I have some baby powder in a pouch. I opened the overhead bin and my baby powder fell out and everybody freaked out. Mm-hmm. It was like anthrax. So there was people in the airplane could smell it. It was baby powder. Right. But their reaction to it was they freaked out. Right. So that's because they have in their mind what that represented to them based on what they understood was the crisis that was happening. So think about, you know, mad cow. I mean, the US, Canada, UK, they've all been through mad cow. Well, in that whole mad cow I, crisis, I'll call it a crisis. It was for it was more of an economic crisis for Canada. I can't Always speak for is. yeah. So when we look at mad cow, some people actually stopped eating Beef. Beef. You know, I don't want a hamburger. And then what happens is we become really hypervigilant. Now, I'm, I was hypervigilant after the pandemic gets announced because I'm looking at it going, really? Come on, you guys. Like, this sounds like doesn't, I don't sounds get like it. Sounds like the flu. Okay, so what? I quit watching TV. Most people watch TV news more than they used to. I started looking and doing more research than I would normally do. And I was very focused on that. So we're all of a sudden looking at Google News or... Uh, YouTube, or we're looking at... Or more alternative. Alternative news, yeah. right? So that's what we did, and we were really hypervigilant around it. So we started to scrutinize, you know, so you might scrutinize uh, suspicious people if it was 9-11 or... So for think, think about that, right? After 9-11, somebody sets a bag down in an airport, and you're going, okay, what the hell's going on? And you start to judge it, you assess it, okay, is he coming back for that bag? Or I need what? to call security. I need to call security, right? So you wonder what the powder might be that somebody has. And of course, security, they up security. And now, of course, how now many... Now you can't wear shoes walking through security. Now, many years 22 later. 22 years later. Right. So this, folks, by the way, is all part of the adjustment reaction. And these are things that we're paying attention to. And this is 
the process that we generally go through. So you also start to personalize the risk in this particular way. Sandman points out, you imagine what it would be like if it were you, if a risk that is already hurting others may be coming your way and you were actually there in it. You may even imagine that is actually here with you now. Yeah. So imagine what they were showing on mainstream TV. People were falling over dead in China. I mean, remember those early I on do, videos? I do. And unfortunately is that when you're watching it and you're seeing it over and over and over again, and it's being inserted into your consciousness, then there is a relatedness. Like, what if it was me? What if right. it was me in the towers in 9-11? What if or it somebody was me, you knew. someone I knew? Right. So we personalize it. You do. And these are the things that start to happen. Now, we're, cer we're uncertain, so we start to take extra precautions. And they're probably and often are unnecessary, but we don't want to second guess it. Now, that was a lot of what was happening. Now, folks, I want to be really clear here. As much as we're talking about pandemic and COVID, listen, I'm not here to state my opinion of what it was or what it wasn't. My point is this, is it's a perfect example of this particular what we call adjustment reaction. And we look at it in anything that happens in our life. And I'll give you some examples shortly here, but think about adjustment reaction and when it starts to, and how it can affect you. So I'm going to, let me finish this, this part of the, the article. So you take extra precautions, okay? Probably unnecessary or at least premature. You go to, for example, Mexican food instead of Chinese food if you're worried about SARS, or you go to Chinese food instead of Mexican food if you're worried about hepatitis. These responses are signs of what psychiatrists call an adjustment reaction. They are part of a process of adjusting to the new risk. Here are, I'm going to give you some characteristics, eight or nine of those characteristics, but let's just stop there for a second. We take extra precautions. Now think about what I said earlier on, which was we have adjustment reaction, then we have adjustment disorder. So one is an extreme. Well, so, so when you go into this world of psychology, which is not what we're doing, it's that is the disorder piece. So disorder could be. Now, once again, we can't take sides here, but let's just have this quite quick conversation. And folks, this is all related to how you view the world and mindset. Okay. So we look at where we are and we'll use the COVID. We'll continue to use COVID as the example, folks. And today, Canada's pretty open. No, you can't fly necessarily. Not till tomorrow. Not till tomorrow kind of thing. Yeah. Then it all changes. But the point is this. There are still people that are wearing masks, for example, while they walk outside by themselves. I don't know. Is that you know, there is a point where we cross a line where it isn't a reaction anymore. It's actually a disorder. But it becomes a habit, actually. Well, it becomes a habit, but it's also a disorder where you look at this, where you've, you're taking extra precautions to the extreme. You're becoming hyper-vigilant uh, to the to extreme. extreme yeah. Okay, so then you start to really take it on as if, oh my gosh. So in their world, they're just being precautious. Right, so instead of just you know, doing it because it's going to keep other people safe. Now the, we've got more information. There's the science has changed. Now we're watching people ride their bikes. We just saw a guy today riding his bike yep. with a helmet, a hat, a mask. Yep. And it was just like, he's by himself riding a bike. So we could have a judgment on that. I, I don't, because we don't know what's going on in his life. We never know what's going on in other people's lives. But if you look about the reaction and the extremism of that, you have to kind of ask yourself, why is that? Well, there, here's the other side of that, that, to expand on that question, which is 
he's looking at those who don't wear a mask and going, you're being irresponsible. I'm not saying he is, but people who are continuing, they're, they're nervous for a couple of things. Maybe they're uh, immune compromised, immune compromised, or they really believe or feel maybe they've had an experience. We don't know. We don't know any of it, but they also have a view of the world that says you are being irresponsible. I'm being responsible. Oh, I've been yelled at for not wearing a mask for sure. Okay, well, damn it, wear a mask. No. Nope. So that's part of the adjustment reaction, okay? So here's eight or nine of the characteristics of that, okay? And let's just kind of go through the list and look at it. Number one, it's automatic, okay? This adjustment reaction is a normal part of what we do. We can't help it. We're human. We have to survive. It's all part of the process, okay? So it's not entirely even a conscious state, so critics may seize on this characteristic, ridiculing the adjustment reaction as knee-jerk. Oh, you're just re- overreacting, like settle down. But you have to notice that the knee-jerk reactions are sometimes preferable to conscious ones in crisis situation because they're quicker. So a knee-jerk reaction may in fact be better than, hold it, let me stop and think about it. Yeah, potentially. I mean, we talked about that in previous podcasts is that who do you want around you in crisis? Do you want somebody that, you know, has a knee-jerk reaction and maybe overcompensates? Or do you want somebody that can just take a breath, pause, take in the information that's going on around them in that moment, and then make a decision? Because that 30 seconds can change everything. Okay, yes. So an example of is, uh, you know, it's healthy to pull back. So when a doctor checks your reflexes during a medical exam, the doctor's hoping they're working and that the knee jerk. Which is when you hit the knee and your knee, your foot comes that's up. That's perfect. Okay. Yeah, good. You're, you're, that's good. Okay. It's healthy to pull back automatically after touching a hot stove since... Uh, hot stove are almost falling into a hole. You don't want to think about that. You have to have a knee jerk. Okay. So if you, if you're, you know, hands sitting on the stove and you're going, I wonder if I should pull it off. Or if you know, you're walking into a hole, you, you have no time. It's a knee jerk. It's like semi it's subconscious. Boom. I'm up. Yeah, I get that. But sometimes when you think about it, if you think too much, then you can overreact. You know, well, that's you just, what we're going to get to overreaction. So, but the thing about about reaction. So, I want to go back here. Okay, so when we look at adjustment reaction, these are the characteristics. Yeah, if, when something's happened, you know, a crisis hits or something happens. What's your reaction? Exactly. So for example, knee jerk, you touch a stove, guess what? You pull back. Okay. The next time you do it, you probably will still pull back. You won't pull back as far. I'm going to talk about your overreaction in a second. So it comes early. We may be in the early moments of a crisis that hasn't yet gotten bigger, gotten here. We may be experiencing a precursor event, a potential crisis that either will or will not turn into an actual crisis this time. Obviously, it may be a false alarm or the real thing. That's when it's most useful to adjust. A newspaper headline that fear is spreading faster than SARS missed the point. The last thing we want a crisis that spreads faster than people concern about it. It is survival trait. It is a survival trait to take a risk seriously before it engulfs you. Hmm. That's a really good point. And that's where we have to be careful right now coming out of this so-called COVID crisis is that they're going to continue to manage and, and, and engage the fear response because it really did work well for many, many people. Well, so think about it. So have the fear response. So we, they drive it 
Now, depending on how you handle it. So let's think about, let's go to another crisis. Let's talk about mad cow disease. Let's talk about, so mad cow, I'm going to quit eating beef. Or maybe the other reaction to it is, okay, I really like beef. I'm going to go out and buy beef that I know is organic and is clean and doesn't have mad cow. And I'm going to stock up. That's a different, okay, that is also an adjustment reaction that is thought out. It's not a knee-jerk reaction to a headline that says, mad cows killing all our cows, they're all poison or whatever the story was. And the knee-jerk is, okay, I'm not eating beef. Yeah, 100%. We're dealing with it out here right now with the chickens, H1N1. There's one chicken on a PCR test and millions of chickens are killed. Like that is a huge adjustment reaction, like in a, in a way that makes to me no sense. Okay, so first off, let's be clear. Out here, it's an issue that they're watching. They haven't yet killed millions of chickens here. They have in parts of the U.S., not here in Canada yet. Yet. Okay, so. We but, need to pay attention and people need to listen to this podcast to make sure the people who have influence aren't jumping and having a knee-jerk knee reaction to something that may or may not be happening in, in another country. It's like the gun control thing. Something happens in Texas and now Trudeau's going and taking away everybody's guns. So those kinds of things are... That's that's an adjustment disorder. <laughs> right, that is totally the disorder piece. Okay, let's go. Okay, now, so for those of you who uh, are about guns, you probably just pissed you off. Okay, <laughs> so next it's temporary. The adjustment reaction is a... Adjustment reaction is a temporary phenomena that eases the transition to whatever is next. Very few people get stuck in a long-term overreaction. That's if it's not turning into a disorder. But if it doesn't turn into a disorder. But it, in, but that's what I'm saying. In an adjustment reaction, it isn't. It, it is temporary. It isn't long term. Those who do are said by psychiatrists to have an adjustment disorder. So it is the overreaction or the reaction disorder where you take it to the next level and it's an overreaction that you haven't put in the correction. And somebody says to you, okay, just settle down a little bit. And you're going, no, you guys are crazy. I'm going to double mask. I'm going to get six boosters. I don't know what the story is. You know, like what I'm saying is that there is a, a overreaction. There is an overreaction. Okay. So generally people who are kind of of a mindset that understand and even understand a little bit of first principles, understand in this case, because we're talking lots about COVID, but understand government, understand what's going on and behind the scenes. We don't overreact anymore. We're starting to see even now, you think about truckers, you think about what's happening this long in and get boosters and everybody, going, okay, just settle down a little bit, right? We're starting to see that happen. And that is way different than early on when we didn't have all the information. You know, of course, now... So people rushed to get the mask. They rushed to get the vaccine. They rushed, rushed, rushed to make sure they were trying... They were reacting with the information that they were getting. And in my case, what I wanted to do and what we did was we just want to go, let's pause for a sec. Let's just wait. Let's just wait for a second. So our adjustment reaction includes a pause. That's not like everybody. You know, when we think about what we want to be able to share from a mindset piece is that where do you, how do you filter information? Where does your ability to live with uncertainty land? Right. But you have to go through these things to understand them. Let's use the example of a hot stove. 
you've all listen we've all had these scenarios where we overreact to I something still have a scar. but oh, no but no think about this you touch the hot stove you overreact so in other words you pull off but you overreact so you not only pull off you jump back you jump back and then you crash into the cupboard and then all the dishes come down like it's like oh my gosh so the next time it happens it's like okay no i've got this i don't need to quite <laughs> jump back like just Settle, settle down. down, right? So the the overreaction is out of proportion to what's actually going on and what's happening. So we have to look at the adjustment reaction. So where was I? It's temporary. Those who are said by psychiatrists, adjustment disorder got it. It's a smaller overreaction. You know, so this is where most people will resonate. The adjustment reaction is an excessive, mostly in it is technically premature, not because it's disproportionate. If and when the actual crisis arrives, the, this level of reaction and more may well become standard, even mandatory. And that's where we all are right now. Mm -hmm. We're all just slowing down a little bit. Most people. most mm, people. Yeah. Some people I'm even seeing online, people that I know and I'm related to, are, go, are doubling down. So there, there really is a piece that I'd like to dig into and unpack is the, is the addiction to the crisis. I don't want to. And Come I, on. No, I'm, I'm telling you why. Because most of the people listening to this podcast aren't that. Most of yeah, the true. people that are listening to this podcast are now stepping back and listening a little bit more closely in terms of they're not overreacting anymore. Hold it. You fooled me once. Shame on you. Shame on you. No, no. Fool me <laughs> twice. <laughs> Shame <laughs> on me. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. So the point is this, is that... Most people are, and, and this is why we're sharing this, folks, is that it's just bringing your awareness to how do you deal with information that's coming and at you. And we're not minimizing. And, and we're using crises in COVID as an example, but I can tell you right now, it could be business crisis. It could be, you know, really what happens when you find out that, you know, uh, your key person has left your sales job or your business or somebody quit. Like in that happens, right? So how do you react? What's your response to those kind of things? I can tell you that almost 40 years later, 37 years later, when I have a key staff quit, it pisses me off and I go, but my reaction to it is far different than what it was 25 years well, look, ago. Let's look at the other side. I'm dealing with with a client right now whose company she just started with uh, not even a month ago had a mid-month all uh, all-company meeting mid-May and everything was fine and the valuations were up in the mil hundreds of millions of dollars and then June 1st they laid off 20 people. So when you think about that, that's a crisis. So this is a good point though. So the difference with your client, because you've worked with her, she doesn't react. Mm -mm. She takes in the information. She phones her coach and says, okay, this is what I got going on. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I'm thinking. Check, now we're check, having check. to deal with the fallout of the people saying, now we don't trust the leadership. We don't have, you know, there's things going on. And she's able to step back and go, okay, wait Take a the information. Yeah. My point, and that's my point. So it's not an overreaction. It's not a reaction disorder. It's a reaction adjustment. She's going, okay, hold on. Let me just take this all in. So it's it really isn't stepping or jumping back from a hot stove. It's understanding, oh, that's hot. I'll pull my hand away, but I'm not going to jump back into the shelves behind me and crash the whole place and, you know, right. end up so with stitches. Right, so think about the mindset of that and the the ability and the, the emotional resilience and the work that she had done. I mean, that 
I mean, the fact that she was able to do that, the fact if you are in a situation where you're about to, you're sensing you're about to lose your job or you're sensing that you have to lay somebody off if you're a business owner, is that there's going to be a, a, a reaction. There is going to be, you know, a, a condition that is going to have to be dealt with. Well, that goes back to this list of that Sandman put out there. And number five was it may need guidance. Mm, so in other one. words, we don't know. We just know that... This doesn't necessarily resonate with me. So the fifth characteristic is you're stepping back from it going, okay, I need guidance here. I need somebody to look at this and say, you know something, here's some things to consider based on my experience, based on how I see the world. This is what I want you to consider. So really it is slowing things down and then deciding what the reaction is. So that's the key to an adjustment reaction as opposed to do a disorder. Right. So seeking guidance is different than looking for approval. I mean, there's people on both sides of the fence. Wear, wear seven masks. You know what? Don't wear a mask. Take your risk. Live your life. Breathe the air. So it really is about slowing down enough and, and deciding where you're going to get your guidance from. Because the people that are rational right now, that are looking at things that, okay, we now have to fold in what's happened to the economy, what's happened to what's happening to the food supply, what's happening to the supply chain, what's happening to gas prices. Now, if you have the ability to look at the bigger picture and not get each one of those in a panic mode, then because the minute you ask, you know, you, you, you uh, attach panic to any one of those things that's going on right now, there's going to be a reaction disorder. So this all serves, yes, by the way, I want to acknowledge that, yes, but this all serves as a rehearsal. Like this is one of the points that Peter Point makes in, in his, this oh, particular. Oh, this one's so good. The rehearsal. The rehearsal, right? It actually serves as a rehearsal. So folks, there's a couple of things, right? When you sit in your brain and you worry about what the future holds, one of the things that, and this isn't from this article, by the way, this is what we've learned. And is actually you work backwards from, in your mind, you paint the worst, worst case, case scenario. scenario. The what if scenario. The what if scenario. I remember that, you know, many years ago in a coaching session that I did with somebody and they're saying, okay, what's your worst case scenario? Your business goes south, everything collapses, you know, what do you do? And how do you see your worst case scenario? And my answer to that was, you know, I'm, I'm going down East Hastings in Vancouver with a cart and I'm hanging out with you know, East Hastings, the that, homeless people, you know, the, the homeless, the most homeless postal code in Canada. So, but when he pointed that out, he said, okay, so what do you think the chances of that happening are now when you think about possibilities, probabilities, and the real, you know, the reality of it is, is that I would figure shit out long before that. But yeah. The, but our brain does that, right? Our brain does that. But in, as a dry run, as a rehearsal, I have to go to that extreme to actually get clear on that as if something happens to me, it's not that. Yeah. So it's interesting you talk about that because there's a line that I have and I know nobody, not everybody loves it, but when you're working with athletes, I'm working with athletes preparing for an Olympic Games and I have not had one Olympic Games that hasn't had some adversity. Think about China, this last one in, in 2022 with these the COVID-2 and the distancing and the, you know, testing and the apps and the tracing and the contact tracing and the no fans. And there's so many things. There's no way we could have prepared for that. But prior to that, if the line, aren't my line is, always there's always something going to happen on the way to the Olympic Games positive or negative, extreme or not extreme. But if we're playing and teaching, my job is to prepare the athletes for all case scenarios, 
positive and negative. Winning the medal, winning the gold, losing the gold, winning the silver. What happened? Uh, in the case of 2018, we had a costume malfunction with one of my skaters. This year, we had we had uh, a blade. Zachary's blade almost fell off his skate five minutes before the free, the short dance or the rhythm dance. So we there's things that are going to happen, but their reaction to that is also what allowed them to meddle because they didn't bite. Everything we had done prior to that was a rehearsal to the worst case scenario. And when you do that in your own life, it doesn't mean you're thinking negative and that you're going to draw the negativity to your life and you're thinking about the dark side, etc. It isn't. It's about pulling it forward and saying, okay, what, how will I react? And with us as coaches, we create and manufacture adversity so people have the ability and the um the practice to go through the negative, quote unquote, negative things so that they, when something does happen, and we hope to God it doesn't happen, but when it does, they have some skills. So I love that side of it is understanding. So when we work through this with, in this particular podcast, folks, it's really to bring your attention to ask yourself, how do you react? Okay. And we'll share a couple stories in a minute beyond that, because that was a great story. Exactly that. I mean, you're in a high pressure scenario. You're going to compete at an Olympic level. All of a sudden, you've got an equipment malfunction. You can either lose your shit and be yelling and screaming, who did this? Or why is I'm this? I'm a victim and What's freak happened out. to me? And all, or you can go, okay, hold it. we got to get this handled, right? So this is so, so important from a leadership point of view, as well as how you affect your environment. And that, could, that environment could include family, it could, could include friends, workmates, whatever that might be. If you're in the center of the universe in that moment reacting, then you better be really clear that this is what happens. I remember we were at a lake many years ago. There's a young boy who uh, was like four-year-old, wanders off. Okay, everybody's losing their shit. And I'm going, hold it, slow down. This is, you know, this is a gift that, you know, my dad gave me a number of gifts as much as he pissed me off. My dad gave me a number. That's the paradox, isn't it? And that was, I slow things down. I do. And maybe to a fault, by the way. But the point is this. I slow things down. I bring people in. I'm going, okay, guys, it's not rocket science here. He's four years old. We need to grid. We don't know where he's wandered off to. What's interesting about that whole story is I brought probably 40 people together. And I don't even know if I've ever shared this story with you. About 40 people together, we do a, a, a grid pattern that I think I heard somewhere in the news, whatever. The point is this, is that we found that four-year-old three miles away from the cabin wow. by the time we found him. And he'd been wandering down this weird road, but we would not have found him if we would have stayed with the original pattern that I walked into, which, which was, was a bunch panic. of parents freaking out, especially mom, right? So you look after mom, you yeah. go do this. So we had to re... So that's the adjustment reaction. So we have to be very aware of what are we bringing to the environment that we're in. Yeah, and knowing that it's possible. Like, we don't have to freak out. Just because I'm, what I'm seeing right now is that over the course of the last couple of years, two and a half years, is people that I thought had a common, uh, very a calm demeanor, demeanor, things will happen and they freak out. And they're, they're almost useless to the situation because they can't manage the emotion that comes up. And if you know that about yourself... Then you need to know that about yourself. Yeah, totally. And this is so important. Okay, so I'm going to go through, and I want another. I'm going to share another story that kind of plays to this. Okay, it serves a rehearsal. So all of these things that happen, and all of these things that have happened, serves as a rehearsal. So the adjustment reaction is an emotional rehearsal. This is so important. It's an emotional rehearsal to get your psychology ready to cope if you have to. 
So in other words, if right. So there's, you know, many years I, I worked with horses for many years. And one of the things, one of the guys I worked with was a guy by the name of Pat Pirelli, really well-known world acclaimed in terms of his coaching for natural horsemanship. And of course, if you've worked with horses, they're shit shows sometimes and you have to understand, but he had one fundamental rule and no, sorry, he had many fundamental rules, but one of them was what we call the six P's, which is proper preparation prevents piss Poor performance, performance, right? Remember those six P's. And it's funny, I always called them five P's. And then I had a client the other day that said to me, you know, PF. I think it's six. It's <laughs> six. And I go, really? So I counted them. There's six. <laughs> that was the Glenn Sather <laughs> thing too. I learned that back in the, in the 90s. Okay. So proper preparation prevents piss poor performance. And so we look at the dress rehearsal that our life experiences give us if we hold them that way been there, done that, right? So it's how you start figuring out what to do and how to do it going forward. So there is a value in rehearsing emotionally and logistically and explains why premature isn't such a devastating criticism necessarily. It prepares you for what's coming up next. If you hold it that way, okay? So you can rehearse after the, there's a phrase that says you can't rehearse after the show starts, which goes back to... So true. Right? I remember you said this to me one time, and it still lands with me. I know it's not a... It's a fairly common thing, which is life is not a dress rehearsal, right? It isn't. And you can't rehearse after the show starts. You have to rehearse before, but life keeps happening. That's a different conversation. So people who have gone through a successful adjustment reaction are better prepared to cope with the crisis when it comes. So if you hold it that way, if you then go into this whole story about what it was and I was a victim and oh my gosh, and you hold it and and this is potentially the problem, this is trauma, right? So there is possibility of trauma and all of that, but we bring our awareness to our reaction adjustment. Okay, it reduces the probability of later overreaction. So it goes back, so this is the most paradoxical payoff because they have rehearsal because they are better prepared and feel better prepared. People who've gone through a successful adjustment reaction are less likely to overreact to an actual crisis that follows. In this sense, an adjustment reaction functions a little like inoculation. Just, an important, just as important, people who have gone through a successful adjustment reaction tend to notice more quickly and recover more quickly when the crisis is over or when a threatened crisis has failed to materialize. So this goes back to what I said earlier. You get a phone call. We're absentee owners. Blah, 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 just quit. Oh, my God. And you go, okay, settle down. Calm down. Calm down. You know, Breathe. it's like, what do you mean he quit or she quit? You know what? So then you start to process it differently because number one, you've had the experience in reality and, or you've actually worked through it in your mind. What happens if, what happens when inevitabilities, there are some inevitabilities, you know, people come, they, people go. That's in the case of a business, for example. The interesting thing too, about crisis management, I mean, early back in the day of everyday millionaire, you interviewed Leanne Hackman Cardi. She was a crisis management expert. Oh, out of Cal- yes. Remember how cool Funny that was? you brought that up. I was going to bring that up. I totally brought that up. You totally <laughs> brought I, that up. Sorry, we didn't even talk about that. But there are people that are trained in crises. And there is actually another guy in Alberta, again, who was trained in crisis management that was offering his, 
you know, expertise to the to the federal government about how to manage and handle crises that they just totally ignored. Because there have been crises before. There's crises around the world when it comes to health um, and to to things that happen that are that. So there are plans in place. What's there are experts. What's really funny about this is Leanne Hackman came out. She came out to a rain meeting. It was a live event. She on the stage. I interviewed her live on stage, and we talked about what do we do with crisis, you know? And it was at the time it was about just after Fort McMurray burnt down, mm. you know, there's a huge fire, and we talked about crisis overall. What does it mean to that community? What does it mean to the businesses? And you know, she talked about preparation. She talked about what it means after, what it was the, like, there was a lot of discussion about, you know, what was really the issue with, for example, Fort McMurray. What did people not have? Gas, mm-hmm. water. Guess what? Two things they did not have. So they have to evacuate. They've got no fuel. They can't stop at a service station on the way out. They got no fuel. They got no water. There's actually people along the highway offering fuel and water to get them, to keep them moving from Fort McMurray as the place burns down. And it's like, okay, got it. We've learned that lesson. But I wonder, you know, Fort McMurray then flooded a few years later. Were they prepared? Were they prepared? What happens in Calgary, who has a propensity flood and then just recently another not as bad a flood but my point is is that we think that it can't happen to us and then it happens to us right. so being a prepper is not negative i think you know people look at people that are maybe prepping or storing food they don't have to you know when something happens they don't have to run out to costco and buy all the toilet paper because they're not panicking right There's well, the we think about, well so let's think about us so we after meeting leanne and having these conversations several years ago stephanie and i put in place a little a little plan a little plan and one of the plans that we had a little agreement that we had is when our Fuel tank hits half; it's considered empty. If you're driving the vehicle and it hits half a tank, you go fill up. Go fill up. Now, it seems simple, but let's put it this way: you know, recently this year, earlier this year, because we spent a lot of time in the Fraser Valley, Sumas Prairies flood. Guess what happens when the prairies flooded? There's no gas. There's they no limited, food. They limit. It. They limit gas. They do all these things. But we had our vehicles. Because we have that habit, we have that agreement, and we pretty much stick to it 99% of the time. Guess what? We just, oh, geez, okay. We don't have to rush and panic to the gas station. We weren't freaked out because of all of that. That was preparation. So I share with you these insights into adjustment reaction and not letting it get ahead of you and just being prepared in advance. Okay. So these are all teachable moments. Instead of criticizing or ridiculing, you know, some people would look at Stephanie and I and go, oh, really? You fill up at half a tank? Come on. You know, rather than anybody ridiculing us, not that we have that and not that we care. but No one, no one knows. <laughs> nobody, now they do. Well, now they do. But even if they, even well, it's not that we've shared this before, but nobody looks at us like we're weirdos. Maybe behind yeah, our I back. Can, I, I don't do. know. <laughs> so my point is this, is that, you know, when we look at that and we look at the consideration of what's happening in the world today, we can make it wrong or we can look at it and adjust for it and go, you know something? No, I'm just going to put in a, you know, I'm going to have an extra can of food. I'm going to make sure my gas is always full. Somebody might look at that and go, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. Well, no, I'm just preparing based on the information I have and I'm going to make sure that I'm looking after my family and my life and I don't want to be at the effect of it. And then I look at it and I weigh the other side of it, which is, What's the downside of always having a full tank of gas? Or a couple extra cans of chicken soup. There is no downside. There isn't. 
So these are all things that we look at, okay? So it's a teachable moment. Instead of criticizing or ridiculing people, adjustment reactions to emerging crisis, smart crisis communicators encourage the adjustment reaction, legitimize them, ally um, with them, and guide them. So it's not about being paranoid. And that's what I really love about this conversation because it's not about being paranoid. It's about stepping back, looking at what the worst case scenario could be, doesn't mean it's going to be, but then preparing, working backwards from that. And that's for me, one of the most successful things I think I've ever brought to my clients is that what what are we working backwards from? We're working backwards from whether it's a gold medal, a successful deal, a closing of a deal, et cetera, is that we're working backwards. What do we have to do and what could go south? And these are the adjustment corrections that happen because we're aware that something could go south. What's really frightening to me right now when I'm looking around and chatting with people is that they're just waiting for things to go back to normal. They're not preparing. They're not looking at their gas tank. They're not looking at maybe putting some chicken soup on the side just in case there's a, a supply chain issue. They're just like, no, 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 you're crazy. That's not going to happen. So that denial, that's where, that's what I think I'd like to talk about next is where is where does that shut down for people that can't imagine that we're never going back to normal? Okay, so we can talk about that. You can go that. I just want to finish this particular segment off and then we're already way over time. So the point is this, an adjustment reaction is a big improvement over being caught unaware. Okay. Don't be caught flat footed. So we don't want to try, in our case, we're not trying to tell people don't overreact or just relax. Don't worry. What we're just saying to, in this case is don't overreact and don't worry, but be prepared. So in other words, look at it, make your decisions. And just be careful not to overreact to it. You know, really think it through and get some guidance if you need it and get an outside perspective because we sometimes are in it. We don't have a perspective that is, you know, it's like, you know, shit hitting the fan. Okay, well, hold on. You know, you talked to me today about some business stuff that was happening and I'm going, okay, settle down just a minute here. Let's just take a look at what really is happening. And not, not, nothing changed the the only the view of that changed so it's intended to take some of the anxiety some of the charge off it and that's what adjustment reaction is all about how do we view the world what do we need to just step back from it it isn't a crisis in that moment we didn't just touch a hot stove i think it would be interesting you know is to offer to the or anybody who's lasted this long in this podcast today is when you're watching the news and the next variant and the next issue and the next crisis and you're just emotionally and intellectually attached or having a reaction to that thing is to notice yourself reacting to it. And if there is the ability in that moment to adjust your reaction, maybe you don't have to believe in the fifth and sixth and seventh wave in October. Maybe we can step back and go, okay, we're good. We're healthy. Maybe I've known somebody that you know, has been affected by, you know, this pandemic or has died of COVID-19 or something which we all are so sad about and have a lot of compassion for. But we also know that it's very, very likely that there's going to be another wave. So how do we prepare ourselves emotionally, intellectually, spiritually, socially, physically, 
for what's coming. And I think that's really based on what we've been working on through Mindset Matters is the adjustment reaction and understanding that shit is always going to hit the fan. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? And that, folks, is adjustment reactions. I'm going to cut it off there because we're going to go too long. Otherwise, I was going to share a couple other stories. But hopefully you've got this fundamental understanding. And really it is about in mindset matters. It is, to Stephanie's point, stepping back, slowing down, looking into the future based on what you've seen in the past. We've had two and a half years of all sorts of controversy, all sorts of conversation, uh, diversity and polarization within families, directly, indirectly, workmates, government, global overreach, disinformation. It's crazy. Like just it's crazy. Slow down. And I do want to add something here that we talk about confusion, we talk about uncertainty, we talk about fear. And recently on a call that I was on, somebody added sadness. They mm. added depression. They added anger. And these are all feelings that people are going through. And I think, I think that if you can really grasp the concept of adjustment reaction, that maybe we can create a framework, a context for all of that. And none of it is easy, by the way. And we're not suggesting for a minute it is easy. But hopefully today we've given you some thought process that allows you to kind of look at what's going on, bring some awareness to what's happening. Don't be the overreaction and know that if you get burnt by a hot stove, you're going to pull back. Hopefully how, how far, yeah. right? Don't pull back too far. Don't overreact. Don't turn it into a disorder like, oh my gosh, all the hot stoves burn. Right. Because they that do. drama is... Doesn't mean you need to touch them. Exactly. But that drama, that adrenaline, that cortisol in your body becomes very addictive and very damaging to your health. So to your point, Patrick, is that managing the reaction is also about the experience. You know, we have a little gray hair. You know, maybe it's, it, but it doesn't have to be that. You don't have to put the years in. What if you are aware at 20 years old or 30 years old that your reaction can be minimized to the situation? Um, so just think about it. And folks, reach out. CEO at raincanada.com, CEO at raincanada.com. The shift program is one of those programs that we ran to, to support our clients through this. These are kind of conversations that we're having, by the way. Our shift program is full. We'll probably relaunch again in September or October of this year, a second round, because we keep our groups quite small. If you're interested, of course, reach out to CEO at reincanada.com. If this has been beneficial, please share it. Give it to your friends. You know, that's really what we want to do is get the message out, get the word out. And get the, the conversation out. going that we're, you know what, we're all in the same boat. You know, people say we're in the same ocean. We're not. <laughs> we're not. But we're going through very similar things, I think. We are. Stephanie, thank you so much. Thanks, son. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others. Share with your friends as it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener. If you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo at raincanada.com. That's ceo at reincanada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick out.